Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Spin it on around for me, brother. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Thank God that he breaks every chain. He breaks every chain. Hallelujah. Let me get to my right place here. There's nothing, there's nothing that's on your life that can't be broken. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what kind of chain, what kind of bondage you have. I don't care what's happening at all in your life. It can be broken in the name of Jesus. All you got to do is just seek his face, pray, and ask for that deliverance, and he can do that. And he will do that for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody you ever gotten those chains broken in your life? I mean, how many people know sometimes we've got to keep breaking chains? Because you'll get free, and then other chains will try to come back and bind you up again, right? The devil's busy, and he's not going to give up on you. Because he knows for the fact that he wants his very best to try to keep you and torment you and, and defeat you as much as possible. And he's always going to come after you. Just as faithful as God is to you, Satan's faithful to you too. To try to destroy you and to take your life and take things from you. Praise God. So I want to talk to you, just like I said a while ago, that to uh, next week's actually back to church Sunday. <clears throat> And I want to do the first message today, though. So next week, we're going to invite people and have a great time. And we're going to believe for God for some great things next week. But all back to church is, is just getting the family back together. You know, and, and being the hands and feet of Jesus. That we can go around and, and reflect Him and grow in His Word and grow in who He is. And allow God Almighty to, 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 to go, grow through us. And everybody here has some kind of testimony. If I went around every one of you, each and every one of you have some kind of testimony. Good, bad, or ugly. Pro-church, against church. You know, hurt church, hurt, not church, hurt people, hurt. You know, whatever uh, denominational hurt, whatever it may be. Each one of us have some kind of, of, of story. And if your story's been painful, I, I apologize and I'm sorry for you. But it doesn't have to be that way. All churches aren't the same. You know, God, God's not what he's been made out to be is this, this bad boogeyman. He, he's, a, he's a good, good, faithful, loving God. And I'm honored that you're here today. You know, to, this is a day that we've had a lot of people out because of, of the hurricane. We have a lot of people out because of, of, uh, of vacations and stuff, getting them in here at the end. But, but man, we got a good crowd today, and I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm so glad that you're committed and you showed up today to be a part of this. But I, 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 when I think about th togetherness, I think about uh, Legos. And... Um, my son has put something together, and he's got this uh, droid, droid thing here from, from Star Wars. I started to say Star Trek. <clears throat> but but it's, it's this thing here, and, and, and it's really cool. I mean, it's got some, oh, well, there's, a, there's a piece that came off, son, I'm sorry. It was, it was, it was about, uh, to, to, get it, to get it, it was about $79 for this thing. And it, it was about, uh, I, think it, I think it was like 1,300 pieces. You know, and it's cool. It's, it's got a little, see, it's got a little droid person inside here, and that's another little thing there. It's really cool. Um, and uh, I'll put that in later. <laughs> he said, whatever you dad, do, Dad, don't break it. And I was like, okay, son. So he's got me nervous. But then you got here this in the back, and, and this see here, there's a little turner thing here, and you turn this, and the back comes out, and all the little droids come out, okay? <clears throat> so, what's, what's so what's so cool about this is that all these things started from from one, just one little piece of a Lego, right? 
It's just one little Lego. And you see, individually, this little Lego ain't worth a bunch of junk. There's nothing in that. It's just a, this one here is, is a little uh, gray one. It's got little ridges on it, you know, that it fits in the back. It's a little thing that connects together. But by itself, it's worth pennies, right? But they have, they, this, is, this, is, this one here was worth $79 um, several years, many years back. But, but they have some that is like life-size that have been put together by these one little itty-bitty pieces. Now, and once it's been put together, it, it is beautiful. You know, like I said, it has, it's very intricate. It has different parts to it and all kinds of different things. And, and, and 1,300 pieces for this right here. Now, there are some demonic ones. They're, they're straight from the pit of hell, and they're clear. And they just sit on your floor at, at nighttime when you're trying to go to the bathroom, and you sit on them, they're straight from the pit of hell. Those are not, those, those are not good. You can't see them. They're clear. Those, those are demonic. Don't play, with the, don't, don't play with the evil ones, okay? Those things, those things hurt like the dickens. But, but see, the thing is, is that you put them together, and when you put them together, it makes something. And there's some that are put together that are life-size that are extremely valuable because they were all put together. And literally, it was a Danish toy company that, that, that started in the 1930s, and then in the 1950s um, came up with Legos. And they came up with this. And, and individually, like I said, they're cheap, they're plastic, and there's, there's, there's not a lot going on there. But when you put them all together, it can make something really incredible. There's actually a Legoland theme park that you can go to, and it's massive, and it's got all these all this kind of things. It's, it's so cool, and it's become a, bit, a, bit, a pretty big deal. You can put Legos together to create pretty much anything. If you go in the kids' section, you see little Barbie houses for little girls. You see Star Trek, Star, Star Wars stuff for boys. And then you see little, other little things. You see little beach things for Barbie dolls that you can put together and all these things. You know, and, and, the, and once they come together, they make something beautiful. And we're like a bunch of Legos. That's really what we are. You know that? By ourselves, we ain't worth much. We ain't got a lot of salt to us. You know? But when we come together with each other, we create something that is beautiful. We create something that is expensive in the eyes of God. We create something that, that is very, very intricate and very beautiful and very special. But individually, we're not. And individually, if you step on some of them, they, they, they're, not too, they're not too godly, are they? Just like, like I said, the individual, there are, there, there are some of those as well, aren't they? But together, we, we, we have a lot of fun together. We do a lot of things. And together, togetherness is important. And that's what the next four weeks is going to be about, is, is togetherness. And how important it is for us as a family of God and the church together and, 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 and all God's people coming together to unify all our Legos together, bringing all of our Legos together and putting something beautiful together that looks beautiful in the sight of God and that looks actually um, attractive to the world, that they, that they would want to come and be a part of it. Um, and I invite you during this four-week journey, we're going to talk today, we're going to talk about that together we find peace. And then next week, we're going to say, next week, together, we experience love. The third week is going to be, together, we, we grow stronger. And then the fourth week is going to be, together, we can change the world. Anybody want to be a world changer? Yeah. Amen. You know, I, I, and I'm probably going to go, go to the world, but, I, but I'm going to start off probably by saying, together, let's just change our community. Okay, and because we can do that, we are already doing that. We're doing a lot of things in the community. As a matter of fact, on uh, October the 18th, um, I really need many of you if possible. You know, we do this boots on the ground thing. We, we join with Hope Baptist Church, and we help them, uh, and we we we're, we kind of join join up with them, and we do boots on the ground where we go to inner city and different places and feed and help and do things. 
Um, we were just on Greenfield Street this past weekend, and man, we had a wonderful time, and it was so good. And, and um, it was me and Pastor Jameson, and Pastor Campbell was there, and, and we just joined together, and we got in the microphone, and was singing together and having a good time. It was just a beautiful sight, and I just love that's That's what ministry really looks like, you know, and I love that. But the thing is, is that on October the 18th, right outside of, right outside of the gate of Creekwood, there's going to be a massive um, stop or eradicate the violence uh, uh, day. And there's, there's going to be all kind of vendors and tents there. There's going to be, there's going to be police, um, policemen there that are doing things and passing stuff out for the kids. There's going to be firemen. There's going to be everybody you can think of. It's going, to, it's, going to be, it's going to be there. And we're going to be there with boots on the ground feeding everybody. So there's probably going to be 1,500, 2,000 people there. So we're going to, I've got to cook a lot of weenies. Um, that's my job. I'm at the grill. I, I cook the weenies. But, but the thing is, though, is, is, is there's something for every one of you. Even if you want to come out and just help prep, you want to help get the stuff ready, whatever, any amount of time you can come, we'd appreciate it and love for you to be a part of that because that's a big day. And we want to help, help the community and be a part of that and stopping the violence in our community. Um, but anyway, so, so all this is going to happen, all this togetherness is going to go and talk about from the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. Um, book of Ephesians, Paul, Paul was in prison in Rome, and, and he wrote a letter to, um, to, to, to a group of believers in Ephesus about 30 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. Um, and this was in, it's in the New Testament, and it's called the book of Ephesians. He sent it to the book, it's a letter to the book of Ephesus, and it's in the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. It's only about six chapters long. I encourage you to, to, to read it this week um, sometime, um, you know, seven days, less than a chapter a day. And so, you, so you can kind of know where we're going this whole entire time. But to get, he talks about it, and it shows that togetherness is the, the theme for this book of Ephesians. Time and time again, he keeps coming back to that. And we're going to study this book together a little bit, as they did in the book of Ephesus. Because that's what happened was Paul wrote the letter to the, book, to the, 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 Ephesians, the Ephesian church, and then they got together and read the letter, and they talked about it, and, and they discussed it, and, they, and they, they went through the process of what he was trying to say, and they, and they, were, they were fellowshipping together with it. And that, that's how they got the information in a very communal way. They didn't have, they didn't have uh, 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 internet. They didn't have smartphones and radio, television. They just all came together from all different places and came together like that by word of mouth and, and that kind of thing. And they got together and they listened to one another. They shared, they discussed, and they, they, they talked about the challenges of living. And they got together and read this book, th this letter from Paul. And, and in the same way, that's what we're going to do here over the next four weeks. And now, if you look up Ephesus in, in Google Maps, you would, you, you would probably find several things. You would find that, that Ephesus is a, a city in the state of Georgia. You would find that Ephesus is an elementary school in North Carolina. And you would find that Ephesus is a Mediterranean restaurant in Houston, Texas. Okay? But the thing is, is, is the ruins of Ephesus is, is what is in today modern-day Turkey. That's where Ephesus would, 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 would really be at um, of that. And it was considered the most important Greek city um, at the time and, and the trade center of the Mediterranean region. And it was, it was also the home of the Temple of Artemis, which is what? Zeus's daughter that they had there. And in the early church, the Ephesus would come, it, was, it became a place of extreme evangelism because of all the other gods that were there and all the other things. There was a lot of evangelism that took place and was spread quickly across, across the Ephesus area. Um, and uh, Paul spent a lot of time in, in his early ministry um, as a missionary there, and he pretty much knew the culture. 
So he was able to, to he already kind of knew what was going there. He had already been there and already experienced the culture and what was going on, the, 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 the things that they needed, the things that they needed help with. And then he was able to write a letter, okay? And so, isn't that kind of like, like Christ? Christ came down and experienced this earth and he knew things we needed to deal with and then he, he gave us the Bible to, to talk to us and that's our, that's our overall letter. But the people of Ephesus needed strength and unifying to survive. They need, to, they need to be unified and to grow. So Paul wrote this letter to encourage and instruct the young church. And, and he made it very simply and easy to follow. The first half of Ephesians basically is a gospel story of Jesus' life, his death, resurrection, and how it changed the world. Um, it was kind of more the redemptive plan of salvation. And then the, the second part was very practical on how we should respond to God's grace and, and how we need to relate to, with one another and so today we're going to start looking at peace and next week love um and the, and the life of sacrifice that christ had given and then in the next two weeks um we'll look at how we, gr we grow stronger together and then also how to to change the world based on this letter but our world seeks peace in so many different ways um we seek peace among nations peace in our cities peace in our churches peace in our homes um you know peace in our minds peace in our hearts we're, we're all the time seeking for peace and some people aren't seeking peace. They're trying to give a piece of their mind, right? But that's not what we're talking about. That's not the same peace. Um, we're talking about people want peace. And, it, and, and we're going to go through this, and I believe you're going to be able to, 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 to be able to look at peace in a different light. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17 through 22, in the New, in the New International Version says, Christ, for he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you no longer are foreigners and slave, uh, um, strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and their prophets um, with Christ Jesus himself as a chief cornerstone. The chief cornerstone is, a, is pretty much the foundation, the, the main pillar of, of, a, of a building that is built. It says, in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling place which God lives by his spirit. So first off, we're going to talk about peace and unity. Do you ever find yourself searching for a place to belong? Searching for something that's bigger than yourself? You know, we all do. And, that, and that's... that's, that's that's, that's what we try to do here at Kingdom Life. Give people a place to belong. I don't know if you saw last night on, on the Facebook page, I talked about that, about um, I had all these things about being together, together in this, together in that, and together together in belonging. And, we, and I want Kingdom Life to be a place where we can belong and we can feel like, hey, this is bigger than me. I can't do something. I'm just a little piece of a Lego, but I can go out there on that day on the 18th and do something big. I can go do something big in the community through Kingdom Life as we come together and we bring all of our resources together and we become bigger and better. Um, but, so, but Paul says that the body of Christ, the church, is our place of belonging, rooted in the restoration and unity brought by Christ. He, he, Paul is saying, man, if you really want to come together, the place to come together and be unified is in the church. Paul takes us directly um, into the, to this togetherness issue in Ephesians, in Ephesians 2, and the foundational of this unity is grace. Paul was, is, is heavy in, in the grace, and nobody can claim uh, a, a higher position than nobody else when the grace is, is taking place. 
Because we may come and, and different statues in life, but grace puts us all on the same playing field. I don't care if you're straight off the streets and, and you have a billion dollars. Once you've, you're under grace, you're part of the family. You're on equal ground. Now, economically, you may be different, and that, that's different. But as far as Christ looks at us, when he looks at us through the blood, we're all, everybody's equal. That grace, grace is the great equalizer for us all. It, say, it says right here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9, For it is by grace that you have been saved. Grace means unmerited favor. Grace is unmerited favor. It means you, don't des- you get favor that you don't deserve. It's unmerited. You can't earn it. I'm just going to give it to you. And that's why grace is the equalizer, because none of us deserve it. It is not, for, and, and it, this is not from yourselves. You didn't get it. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. It's not, you don't get grace because you did good stuff. Because if you, did, if you got grace because you did good stuff, then what would happen was you could boast, well, I got, I got this amount of grace, and I got this grace because of what I did. But Paul's saying, no, I don't, no nobody gets grace because you deserve it. You get grace because of, of, of God's love for each and every one of us. We've all been offered the same gift, and grace does, it does not allow exclusion for any of us. Verses 14 through 16 talks about how the, the two major, the two major d- divisions in, the, in this book, it talks about the Jews and the Gentiles and how they were to come together. Paul clarified in Ephesians 2.14. He said, For he himself is our peace, who he made the two groups one and destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Amen. I want to read that again because that, that's just... That's powerful to me, that one part. For he himself is our peace. So Christ is our peace. And he's made the two groups, the Jews and the Gentiles, um, one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. See, that, that, you see I'm doing away with, with separation. I'm bringing peace to everybody. I'm, I'm going I'm to make them all under grace. And once you become under grace and you get saved, there is no Jew, no, no Gentile. We're all one. We're all under Christ. We're all Christian. And, and, and it's, he's, he's talking about that he's going to bring this peace. This is a real lasting peace. This isn't a peace as the world gives. You can go to the beach. I'm one myself. That one of the most peaceful places to me is the beach. I love sitting on the beach and just watching the waves and listening to the waves crash. I don't care if it's, there's no moon, no sun, no nothing. Well, there's no sun uh, at nighttime. But there's no moon. It's just pitch dark, and I can't see nothing. But if I can just hear the waves crash, it just calms me down. It's a very peaceful place. But if you would have went to the beach a couple days ago, you wouldn't have found peace. Okay? You might have got a piece of a, she- a sea- seashell thrown at you or something so, from, you know, from, from that. So b- the world has places that we can find peace, right? But it's not always peace there. What's so good about God being our peace is when we go to him, we can go to him over and over again. And he is the door to all peace. And the world offers us, offers us temporary peace, and there's different things that we can go to get peace, but Christ is the peace that we can keep going to. The church of Ephesus was full of diversity. It was full of diversity, and, and the, the goal was not to change that, but the goal was to, 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 bring, to bring unity in the midst of the differences. And I love that, I, and we need diversity. I, I want this church to, to be multi um, um, ethic and multi-racial uh, uh, and, and, and everything. I want it to be, I want it to be just a, a, a melting pot of all people to be here. 
Because I want us, I want sinners to come, I want Christians to come, I want everybody to come. But we got to, when we, but when we are talking about these things and we're explaining these things to other people, we got to be careful. Because I was yesterday when I was down there at a, uh, at twenty at the at Greenfield Street when, when we were doing boots on the ground the other day, I was talking to a, a Muslim, and he was talking to me, and 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 I caught myself throwing out. Christian cliches, as I tell, you know, I talk about how we can't throw out, so I started throwing out those little, and he kept saying, that, that don't make sense. He said, are you telling me? And, what he, and, and at the, towards the middle of the conversation, I heard what he was saying. He's like, you're just throwing out stuff, and you're not thinking about what you're saying, and to someone who doesn't know the background, who hasn't studied, it makes no sense at all. So you just throwing out this little language that you know and this stuff, that's not good enough for me. And I was like, oh, man, that's good. That's really good. Okay, let me break it down this way. And then I got into my spiritual mind, and I said, okay, let me talk to you about this. And it was good. We had a wonderful conversation. I love this man. His name was Sam, and I got to hug his neck and, and be there with him. And I'm gonna, he's, he, he works with us out there, and we're going to work with him again on the 18th. And he's, he's a great grill, griller and a great cook. But uh, he, he's, he's searching. He's looking. And I said, what are you searching for? He said, thus saith the, the word of God. And I said, dude, you're going to find it. But, it was, but, but, but I appreciated that moment that he called me out and says, that don't make sense. That's confusion. Because I hadn't studied. I, you're just telling me something that you know all the details behind. You know all the details behind everything you just said. But I know none of it. you got to get simple. you got to break it down. And if you're going to talk to me, you got to talk to me where I understand it. And I was like, Okay. And so then, then I was able to switch, and God quickened my spirit, and I was able to talk in a, a different manner. But I love that. I appreciated him calling me out on that. Because if not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have got anywhere with him. But, you know, that's, we, we do it because, because when we talk to people, we just got, we got our go-to little statements and our little things, and we throw out Scripture. And he's like, what are you talking about? That's confusion to me. And I love and I appreciated that. But he, 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 uh, he said that he grew up uh, Baptist. His mom was a Baptist preacher, but all his brothers and sisters were, were Jehovah Witnesses. My mom was a Baptist preacher. All my brothers and sisters were Jehovah Witnesses, and now I'm also part of Islam, so I claim all three. And I was like, wow, that's a lot right there. You know, so, so we're able to talk, and we're going to keep talking, and I love it. And I, but, but, but what people need out there is not to go out there and condemn them and, 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 and look at them and point them that you're not good enough, you're crazy, you're in the cult, you're doing, they need love. They need us to say, I'm interested in what you think. They need us to look at them and say, you know what? Talk to me, and I want to talk to you. You teach me, and I'll teach you. Let's, li let's listen to one another. And when we get out there, we need to love on one another as Paul was and bringing the people who thought differently and, and, and bringing them all together and, and, and be able to hug somebody's neck even though you, you disagree with them. Hug their neck and say, man, I love you, man. I can't wait to see you again so we can talk some more. And we left fine, but I have seen people that tried to witness and left almost with hate in their heart. Because they weren't, they weren't trying to have a conversation and bring the other person together with them. They were trying to just prove they were right and you were wrong. And we can't do that. We've got, when, we, when we witness to people we gotta, and we weren't trying to bring people together, we got to get to the place where we, where we come in love and we stay in love and we leave in love. And that's next week. So, that's good. I mean, But what would happen in our church, though, if we came together in peace? And we, we, we broke the dividing walls in, in this house. 
to when someone come that was a different, different color than you, a different race than you, or a different walk of life than you, or they were a homeless, or, or maybe from, they were prostitution or homosexual. How, you know, the, the, we, I want this place to be that all, all walls of hostility are falling, and all we want to do is love them to Christ. Just like Paul did. He said he, he broke the dividing wall down. I want people to walk in here and feel comfortable where, whatever they are. I've had people of, of different, different, different walks of life that said, well, I, go, I, I had originally went to a large church over there just because I could go in and get some church and hear about God and leave because I didn't want anybody to judge me. And they came here and he said, well, hey, I love the fact that I could be here and, 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 and listen and be a part and, and, and everybody loves me and, 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 and we're trying to get closer to God. And, 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 and I appreciate that. And that's what our goal is, is if we can get people closer to God, that's what we, all we need to do. Whoever walks through that door, get them closer to God. And if, once they get closer to God, then God can change. And in the meantime, we can, you know, I'm able to have conversations with people. And I talk to people all the time here, you know, saying, hey, well, let's talk a little bit. Let's talk about what you think, how you believe. But what would happen in this church if we became a people of total unity and a people of total grace and a people of total peace? Man, this would be the church to go to, wouldn't it? Well, it already is. But anyway... But that's what we want. That's what we want. We want this to be a place where, where we don't judge people, but we love people. We want this place to be a place of peace and grace and unity. That when whoever walks to that door, we, we have already dealt with our walls of hostility. And we don't look at anybody any different than we do anybody else. I love that, that my friend Jason came to church the very first Sunday. And, um, and he comes periodically. He can't come all the time. But, you know, he come in here and he comes and he's got tattoos on his neck and his face. And, you know, and, and in the middle of service, I went back and hugged his neck. And, and I love that after service was over that everybody went to him and just loved on him. Just because of the way he, you know, because he's a tall guy and he's been in, he's been in prison and he, he looks rough, you know. But, man, when he comes, everybody just cared about him. Everybody loved on him and everybody treated him. And he loved it because, man, he, he had never gotten that kind of love before. He's never experienced that kind of love before. And he just loved the fact that he could come in who he is. Because normally when he goes places, everybody looks at him and they judge him and they're scared of him. And he's like, man, I, I'm just I'm a nice guy. I've, I've, done, I've made some really bad mistakes, and I've paid for those mistakes. But I'm trying to do better. But won't nobody give me a chance to do better? You know, uh, we have people all the time. You know, t uh, I was talking to Tammy Penner the other day. I, told, I was telling the worship team before we came in here. I said, listen, I said, I don't know what's going to happen. We've got a lot of people on vacation. We've got a lot of people because of the hurricane at home, probably picking up weeds in the yard. And I said, but the thing is, is that there's somebody out there needs what we got, we got for today. There's somebody on that screen back there that needs what we got today. Somebody's making a decision. This is where I want to come to church. You know, Tammy Penner came. She came back in uh, December for our Christmas Eve service for the first time. And she said, I, I just felt pulled by the Holy Spirit to pull in here. I pulled in here and I got in their service and I heard the service and I heard and I got to be around the people. And I just knew that this is where I was going to be at church. But you don't know that that person beside you might be wondering that right now. There's people in this very room right now that are that saying, hey, man, this is my church. You know, there's other people that are saying, hey, I, don't, I haven't been to church. I don't know where to go to church, but I want to find a church. There's people out there right now uh, in your neighborhood. That's your neighbors. That's your friends at work that would come to church if you ask them next week. I got some statistics. I'll put it on Facebook this week. I, think, I forget what it is, but it's like 82% 82, 82 of, of, of people would come to church if you asked them, if you just asked them. Excuse me. And then peace in his presence. He is our peace. We live in a world that is full of discord and anxiety and fear. 
but Christ is our peace. And we need peace. Because all we have in this world is, is political wars and ideologies and, and conflicts and divisions. And, 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 and the church should be a place where people could walk into and it'd just be a, a place of safety. What's it like? What's that? that? Is it John Wick? I think it is a guy who just, who, who, who like, he's just, he's, he's, a, he's an assassin or something. But anyway, when, once he gets to that motel and he puts his hand on that, he's safe. And can't nobody mess with him? You know, can't nobody kill him? I don't care who's after him. Well, this, this house should be that way. We are the church, people. We are the church. But this is a building. But when people come here together as a church, it should be a place of safety where people could not have to worry about somebody stabbing them in the back, somebody talking about them, somebody looking at them like they're crazy. This should be a place of refuge where somebody can come and say, I know I'm different, I know I'm weird, but, God, but I'm, I'm okay here. Because the pastor is different and he's weird, so I'm cold. But that's what we got to have, man. There's so many places. I've been to so many churches that you walk in. And, and, and hey, I mean, I'm bald and got some little belly issues. But, but I, I walk in places and people look at me like I'm weird. You know, so I know people that, that maybe feel a little weird. Maybe it bothers them even. I know it bothers them more. But, but we're looking for peace as if it's a thing. Peace is not a thing. It's a person. Jesus is peace. He's the prince of peace. It was foretold before he was born that he was going to be the prince of peace, and he is a peace. And, 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 and then whenever we have him in our heart and he comes into our spirit and we accept him as Lord and Savior, then according to Galatians uh, 5.22, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. So because the peace comes in us as a person, we get to exemplify peace as a fruit of our spirit. Love, joy, peace. It's not a thing. It's, it's a person. And then when we come together, we collectively make a bigger area for God to worship, for God's dwelling place. When we get a whole bunch of little Legos and put them together, we become a bigger vessel for God to indwell in. Where two or three agree, uh, um, agree together in his name, he shall be there in the midst of us. Struggles don't magically disappear. But in the presence of God, they seem to. And we can share and offer peace with other people when struggles or disagreements arise when we have peace in us. I was able to talk to him yesterday and have peace and share peace with, with my friend because I was at peace. See, if I had all kind of turmoil in me and anger and resentment and anxiety in me, when I went to talk to Sam yesterday, the other day, I'd have, been, I'd have been jacked up and I'd have been ready to, to no, 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 you, you, and I'd have got angry. But I was able to sit there and just, just chill, and, and he says stuff. I was like, whoa, Jack, no, 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 no. You know, we talked, and then he said, no, 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 no. And we talked, and had a good time. But we were able to fellowship with one another, and how are we going to be able to learn from anybody else of how they believe and help them if we don't know what they believe, how they believe? How, 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 can, we, we, how can we help somebody if we don't know who they are? That's what I love about Jameson. He's this big six-foot-four black guy, and he's got this voice. He's like 64 years old, but he's got this voice of... A giant. And I love it. I talk to him and I ask him questions about things. About his culture. Because I want to know about his culture. How he lives and stuff so he can teach me. And I can teach him. We teach each other so we can live in harmony. Because I want to be more effective. 
And if someone else comes in, it's from a different nationality or, or a different walk. I want to talk to them so I can, who are you? What do you, how do you believe? What are you? So I can, not what are you, don't forgive me, that was a, I didn't mean that. But you know what I'm saying? What, 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 what's your culture like? You know, because if I, if I don't know your culture, then I don't know how you live. So I don't know how to be at peace with you. So we need to have communication with one another. Then you won't have so many racial wars, so, so many issues in, in, in life, because we know one another better, and we're, we're not scared to, to ask questions. Find somebody of, of an opposite race um, and, and talk to them and say, let me ask you a question. And explain that kind of stuff. Because, because I'm going to step on some toes here. No, no, uh, and, but here's the thing. Like for the, whole, the whole Black Matters thing, here it was. It wasn't that they were saying that, 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 that we matter. They were saying we matter too. Look what happened. Look what's been taken from us. We're just saying, hey, we're here. Nobody sees us. It wasn't a negative. They weren't trying to be negative. They were saying we matter. We care. We're here. But the thing is, is everybody took it offensively. Well, well, well white lives matter. You're not at peace. That's why you had to say that. We need to say, you know what? We all matter, and you matter, you matter, you matter. Black, red, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in his sight. We need to look at, talk to, talk to people from, that are, that are that uh, Indians and Cherokees and, and talk to them, hey, talk to me about who you are, what you believe. And talk, we need to talk with one another. We need to share with one another. We need to open our lives to one another. and get. In, but no, we want to say, uh, just me. No, I don't, I don't, I don't do it. No, no, no. We got to open up. If we got peace in us, we should be able to share peace and be at peace with everybody of every race, every color, every, every gender. We need to be able to do that. Peace is not ignoring differences. I was at peace yesterday. I didn't ignore the differences. I said, no, sir, I disagree with that totally. I was at peace with him, but when you're at peace with somebody, that don't mean that you don't disagree. It, you know, it just means that, you know what, hey, we're at peace. We're, we can communicate together. Where anxiety and fear are the strongest, we can be a living reminder that God cares about the details. He will care for us, according to Matthew Six, he'll care for us just like he does the birds in the air and, and the flowers in the field. And then the way of peace, all built together. He is the way of peace. Peace is just not a one-time event. You don't pray to God, and even though he's there, the fruit of the Spirit has to be nurtured. You don't, you don't get Christ and you just have peace. That fruit of the Spirit, there's seasons of that. And you got to keep taking care of that fruit, that, that fruit tree to make sure that peace keeps growing. And so, we, so God has given us the, 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 the ability to keep coming back to him for peace. So we have peace, but then you know what? We lose peace. Just like I said a while ago, you go to, you go, you go to, the, to the beach, you get peace, and you leave, and it's gone, right? Sometimes that happens spiritually. But, but we, can always go, we can always go back and every time know that every time we go back to, to Jesus, there's peace. You can't, every time you go back to the beach, there's not always going to be peace there. Jesus invites us to return to him over and over again. And the prophets foretold that he was going to be the prince of peace. And when we surrender our power, our, our, his power, surrender our power to him, his power can come through us and we can embrace that peace. Peace seems so fragile and so temporary. But it's because we don't nurture that peace tree in us to keep it going. It can be interrupted in a second. And it goes, it goes, peace goes beyond a circumstance or a feeling. 
John chapter 14, 26 through 27. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you. This is where Jesus was, on, just was getting ready to leave and go to heaven. Hey, I am peace. I'm leaving. But I'm going to leave peace with you. So the Holy Spirit is peace as well, right? So he says, I'm going to leave peace with you. I'll remind you of everything that I've said. He will remind you of everything I said to you. Peace I leave with you. I give my peace. My, no, I'm sorry. My peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. So don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So the Holy Spirit is continually with us. And the Holy Spirit is a continuous source of peace to help us nurture that tree. And in Ephesians 2 also, it says, And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling place. That's the last part of that scripture. Be a dwelling place um, in which God lives by the Spirit. So why do we come to church and invite others to come? So they can find Christ, so they can live in peace, and they can live as a Christian, and they can be promised for eternity. And so they can be part of the dwelling place. Come from. We come together so we can all experience this source of peace. Together we're much greater than we are separately. This is what we look like individuals, and this is what we look like as a finished product. Maybe not a stormtrooper deal, but <laughs> but we, we but we become something. We are nothing alone without Christ, but with, with us coming together, creating a dwelling place, man, there's hardly nothing that we can't achieve. We got to have peace, but we got to come together. And I can't go out and invite the whole world. You've, you've got to bring them in. I'm going to be here and I'm going to preach every week. And most every week I'm going to give a salvation call. Even if there's nobody in the room that needs salvation. But I want you to invite people. I want you to love kingdom life enough to say, I want you to come to my church. I want you to be a part. I want you to get peace. I want you to be here. We're not perfect. We're going to misspell culture. <laughs> Pastor's going to make mistakes. Pastor's going to tell you his whole life and tell you all his faults so if you can't be like me, at least you could be like him. <laughs> Talk about me. That was very funny to me, but not to y'all, okay? <laughs> but you've got you to invite people. You've got, you've got to talk to non-Christians to be able to build a relationship with them to invite them to church. If you just got your own little holy group, you ain't reaching nobody. And you're disrespecting God. You're being selfish. If you don't have non-Christian friends, you're being selfish. I'll just go ahead and tell you. You're hoarding the gift that God gave for everybody and say, it's just for us. It's just for us. God's saying, go out and make friends with non-Christians. Make friends with, with other believers. Make friends with, with whoever that you can and be a part. You can do that if you have that peace. And if you don't have that peace, you can today. But we've got to be, we, the church has got to quit being selfish, not just kingdom life, all churches. That's why we're non-denominational. Because I got so tired of titles. I had people, when I was other denomination, I had people tell me, well, I can't come to your church because I'm not that, what your title says. I want everybody to feel like they can come. 
but Methodists don't feel like they can hang out with Pentecostals. Pentecostals don't feel like they can hang out with the Baptists. The Baptists can't hang out with the Catholics. Man, we got to break down in the, 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 the walls of hostility that I'm better than you or I know more than you do or you're in the dark. We just need to love one another. Come together and grow in Christ together and the closer we all get to Christ. Matter of fact, when I prayed with Sam yesterday, I said, God, open his eyes. And then I said, God, and so I'm not selfish because I don't want to be. Open my eyes to anything that, I got, that I've got scales on my eyes as well that I don't see the truth. Because I don't know the whole truth yet. I want to I know more of God. God is so multifaceted, you can't never understand of all Him. I want to go deeper in Him. But some people got to get the basics first. You got to get love. One another. And love God. And love yourself. But I want God to show me more. I want to read Scripture and I want God to speak to me. I want to pray and hear Holy Spirit. I want to have dreams. I want to be able to prophesy. I want to be able to say, God, show me those mysteries you're talking about in the Word. Those mysteries that you say that you have in here. Show them to me. Reveal them to me. So I can reveal them to your people. Because I want to lead you into the righteousness. I want to lead you in the right path. I don't want to lead you astray. I don't take lightly that I'm up here. I'm not up here just teaching, just doing my thing. But I'm all, I also know that this 30, 30 minutes of my time is one of the, the, one of the least parts of my time of me being a pastor. It's when I get off this, when I walk down, I become your pastor. Up here, I'm just, anybody can get up here. I tell people all the time, anybody can come up here and read notes and be a good speaker. But when I step down off this pulpit, I become your pastor and I'm your friend and I'm there when you're sick and you got a fever. I'm there when, you're, when your child is, is sick. I'm there when your mama's dying. I'm, I'm there in the hospital when you break your leg. I'm there whenever you, you, when you're about to have a nervous breakdown. When you're, the, when you're there and, you, and you're, you're, you're fearful and you're scared and whatever and I'm there, that's when I'm a pastor. That's the, that's the thing. That's a, one of the reasons why I want to be a pastor because I had a lot of pastors in the past that wanted to preach but they didn't want to be a pastor. And I want to be a pastor to you. And I want to help bring peace to you. When I walk in a room, I want, I want, I want to, to, to be the, the example of Christ. To when I'm there, you can look over and I don't even have to say nothing to you. You just feel peace because I'm there. Not because I'm great and all that, because I'm not. And you know that. I tell you that. But because I want to be your pastor. But I want to pastor more than just you. I want to pastor your friends. I want to pastor to the lost. I want, to pass, I want to pastor the outcast. I want to pastor the, the poor and the weak and the homeless. And I want to pastor the, the great and the mighty and the wealthy. And I want us all to come together and break hostilities and be one. And help one another grow. So thank you, Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, I just love you today and I thank you, God. I thank you for your word. And I just pray that.